Welcome to Create a Block. We're your host, Jean. And V. We interview people in the animation industry about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on Twitter if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Mike Rianda. Yeah! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you peaked your mic. Yeah, baby. That's what we're doing. <laughs> the the blue on the like audio filter is like blown out. It's just yeah, your um, microphone's sparking already. <laughs> you have strong Andy from Parks and Rec energy. I never told you that. I have I I, I also have I've been told by audio engineers they're like, are you speaking through a megaphone? What's happening? Um, because <laughs> like they're like you're peaking and you're just speaking normally, and then when you scream, the microphone just. It's tough. Yeah, I I have a bad. I think uh, our editor has to deal with a lot of me yelling and then it just cuts out. <laughs> I love it. It's exciting. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank for you for coming on. I really like this show, so I'm excited, and I really like oh, both you. you guys. So what? Oh, a, what a treat. You. Too sweet. Too sweet. I, I realized that I tried to hire uh, uh, Vi um, uh, on uh, our movie, but um, we couldn't because of uh, uh, yeah. issues. They were they were terrible. That's why. <laughs> and I work with Gene. Rejected. Jean. Yeah, I did a I did a short for you to get out you, the vote. You guys are the best. Year. So yeah, I'm it excited. Was, uh, it was really a fun experience. I'm glad it was. <laughs> and then and then Trump lost. I think it's because of us. Yeah, I do. I did. I, I did claim victory uh, to some people over text. Like the plan worked perfectly. The plan. <laughs> I think it was us. I think we get we did it. It's a really cute short. Yeah, everybody should check Our it out. Our climate cartoon with 400 views took down, took him down. We took him down. Well, you do what you can. Um, but yeah, Mike, tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, yes. My name is Mike Rianda. I am a cartoonist. And I uh, I was um, a creative director on Gravity Falls. And I'm now... Uh, the co-writer and director of The Mitchells vs. the Machines coming out yeah. April 30th. If you're listening to this, get on Netflix now. What are you yeah. doing? Also, yes. get like three devices on at the same time. Wink, wink. I didn't say it, but I'm publicly saying it. Yeah. <laughs> you got you to gotta get as many views as you can. Absolutely. Abs Hey, some th <laughs> when we were trying to get uh, this uh, podcast monetized, I would just like have it open in my other. <laughs> just, like, I love like it. A, like a loop, just seeing how many hours I could clock. I don't give a. I don't give a I, shit. I, I, well, because I recently, uh, it's it's so, so as often ago as last year, I bought like thirty tickets to Spider Man into the Spider Verse, like oh, really? hoping that it would make it a hit. <laughs> hey. That's that again, you know, it's those it was those tickets that uh, that made it a hit. Exactly. I have this vain idea of control. I think it's from animation that like maybe I could control every the expressions on maybe. people's faces. But I see a pattern. I see a pattern. You yeah. Know? Like... Yeah. This is going to become therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So you have a problem with control. <laughs> no, I meant with the hits, you know, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. That... <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the ticket, um, but yeah, you've worked on all these amazing things. Actually, we're watching Gravity Falls right now. Oh, cool! Well, I'm in the middle of a Gravity Fall. I found this old Gravity Falls box, and I yeah. was like happy to like. I was happy that anyone cared because like when I was working on it, I was like, 
I was like, one day I'll show the ending of this episode that I wrote and everyone will think it's great. And it was like so gratifying that anyone cared. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was huge. That's like the last cartoon that I think I like fully watched all the way through and then I got jaded. <laughs> and, I, and now I have a hard time watching uh, anything that like comes out. It's uh, yeah, it's I think I do think when you work in animation, it's easy to be jaded. It, my it, wife won't yeah. watch anything animated with me. Yeah, it was like the last thing that I that was that was my last show that I got really into before I got into animation. And then I'm like, oh, I can't watch anything. I'm too <laughs> critical. <laughs> You're too, uh, too close to it. I'm way too close to it. But anyway, let's take it back. Tell us about how you got your start. What got you interested in art and animation and all that jazz? Um, yeah, I, I it was actually interesting. I was just thinking about it. I because I found when I found, I've been looking through my apartment because I have downtime for the first time in years, mm-hmm. and I found these old comic books that I used to do when I was eight or nine or something. And the very first thing that ever inspired me to do anything like that was uh, Jeff Smith's Bone. Oh hell yeah! Because oh, yeah. I was like, oh, he's just a guy. Yeah, he he's yeah. he's just like a guy in his. He doesn't work for any company. Like he made up that company and now he's making it. Mm-hmm. So I made these like goofy cartoons and I would, <laughs> without people's consent, I would send them my comics <laughs> and I would be like, please read my comic. Um, uh, I don't know if you're interested, but um, just check it out. And I would send it to them every month. And then like it was totally. T- I was like rereading it and it's it's sort of um inspired in its weirdness but it's totally terrible like who would you send your comics to like uh <laughs> like other creators or like uh publishers or like <laughs> no just just my friends <laughs> oh well that's not you don't need consent for that that's just you're giving them a treat uh, miles i'm talking miles hansen from monterey park elementary we're talking ryan toddy um all the favorites um shout out <laughs> yeah well they got free entertainment so they they're the ones yeah. who benefit just sort of friends and family my sister who lived in San Francisco. Yeah. So I did that and and that was really exciting to me, but I didn't think that animation was anything that I would ever want to do because, oh, you had to do a lot of drawing. Because I was under the impression that one person did every single drawing. Oh, sure. And I was like, well, that's not for me. I don't want to work that hard. Um, But then, uh, weirdly, I read this. I got really, really into Spumco and John Kay because I loved Ren and Stimpy growing up, mm-hmm. and now it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't. Not the same. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it always had kind of like this. Bumco always kind of had dark energy, but um. Oh yeah. But I I re- I really love you know those cartoons and those drawings and stuff, and and I I joined this uh Spumco chat room. Oh. And and it's funny because one of the other guys is like also in the industry, but we would like. It was so cool because it's like we met people that were really in the industry. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy works in animation. I I, I can work in animation. And then, like, a couple of people were nice enough to, like, respond to my fan letters. Like, I sent I found Aaron Springer on ICQ, uh, oh, which wow. uh, dates me 37 years old. But uh, I found him on ICQ and he it was so nice. And he answered my questions. And then later, um. He was a director on Gravity Falls on an episode I wrote. And then after I pitched my episode, um, I vomited (laughs) (laughs) because he didn't seem to laugh at my joke. (laughs) I was like, Aaron Springer hates it. (laughs) Completely overcome with anxiety. 
Because I love Aaron Springer. He's the best. Um, yeah. uh, so I was, but anyway, um, uh, and he was like totally nice and everything. But How old were you when you uh, joined the chat room and like kind of got that idea that like, oh, maybe I can go into animation? I was probably like 15 or something. Mm. And and I, 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 I read this thing that like the guy from Rage Against the Machine did eight hours of guitar playing a day, Tom Morello. And I was like, well, if he's a guitar master, then I'll be a drawing master. (laughs) If I just draw for eight hours a day. And I was like, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to draw 12 hours a day. Oh, did you do that? I sort of did. I mean, it was variable. You know, some days it was like four or five and I would really beat myself up. But some days I like drove like, drew like 12. That's insane. Honestly, that's though, that's like I personally believe that's the only way you get really good. It's just doing it all the time. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I actually learned the hard way that you also need natural aptitude. <laughs> um, because, I like, guess, I, 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 I drew, um, like you know, obscenely for all those years, and then I remember g- coming to uh, CalArts, and this guy Jeff Lou who is like one of the best draftsmen oh, yeah. in our class and he works on Steven universe and he's the best. I love him. Mm-hmm. And he was, I was, I was like, I'd drawn 12 hours a day for literally over 10 years at that point. And I had a stack of sketchbooks. that was like taller than myself that I was very proud of. And then mm-hmm. I, I was like, he was way better than me. And I was like, Oh, how long have you been drawing? He's like, um, I don't know. I probably started, uh, probably started about two years <laughs> ago. Job. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> It's just like, no! Uh, yeah, well, you know. Yeah, but also, like, I know Jeff, and he can, like, I don't know. I feel like he must have drawn a lot. He must have drawn a lot. Be- like, get- gotten a lot of, like, pencil mileage really fast. Because, like, I see him playing the guitar, and he plays all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. he's he's awesome. And he was, like, so we were all like, Jeff, dude, holy shit. Like, his, his student films and stuff were always so great. Um, and he was yeah. such a great animator and he, there was like so much joy in his animation. And I was sort of, when I was in school, I was like hoping that he wouldn't figure out that he could be a better storyboard artist than anybody. <laughs> I was like, don't let him know that he could be a storyboard artist cause he'll take my job. Um, but, uh, but no, I'm, I'm super happy that he's doing really well. Yeah. Uh, I got to work with him a little earlier this year. He's great. Yeah. But, he's awesome. Uh, super talented. How did you how did you hear of CalArts? Like, because um, uh, a question that I like to ask is, where did you grow up? Um, yeah, I grew up in um, this town called Salinas, California, uh, mm-hmm. which is the birthplace of John Steinbeck. Ever heard of him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Many people haven't, but um, no, that was like our claim to fame. We we read like every John Steinbeck book in high school, including ones that were like yeah. bad. Wow, wow, they're really proud of that. It's <laughs> it was it's like ridiculous. Like we were one stop short of being like the fighting Steinbecks was like our local uh, high school team or something. We didn't actually do that, but that was like the pride for John Steinbeck was so high. But yeah, so so and it was like a small town, and, and I really loved it, and I still love it. And I grew up there, and I had a, like. Sort of like as a child, <laughs> I was like grown. I was turned into a cartoonist by like the mutagen of being insanely lonely. <laughs> I think that's ever that's all of our origin story. Yeah, exactly. Right? exactly. Like, yeah. All animators have the same origin story. But I had a nice, um, I had a nice time as a as a teenager and stuff. Um, uh, but but the thing, the the way I sort of found out about CalArts was just sort of 
was on, was honestly a couple of things. One was like a DVD commentary for Samurai Jack that was basically like CalArts propaganda, <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right, this seems good. Yeah. And I watched all the Pixar audio commentaries, and those guys seemed like they were they they all came from CalArts, and I was like, okay, all right. But I didn't get into CalArts at first. I I I, I didn't even apply because I was terrified. So I went to this other school for illustration, and then it just occurred to me that I was like, I'm not going to do illustration. I want to do cartoons. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so I went to CalArts. Um, and it, but I got was, rejected the first time. And it was a whole thing. What was the, um, what was the name of the illustration school? Uh, it was CCA, which actually now has an animation program, but at the time oh, yeah. didn't. It's, uh, it was, it was also called CCAC at the time. What was like the time gap between the first time you applied to CalArts and the second time? It was a year, so it was okay. like, I, I thought, I was like, I was like, all right, I've taken some illustration classes, I could do this, and then I applied and I got rejected and it just destroyed me, oh, wow. but um, in that destruction, I was like, oh, I'm not dead, Um, uh, maybe I could just learn and get better and do better next time, so I literally did this thing that was like utterly psychotic, which is, I found out that CalArts had a Sunday life drawing class. Corny Cole, who was this like legendary animator guy, and I would drive from Salinas to L.A. every Sunday, which is a six five hour drive, six hour drive, and I had to wake up at three in the morning to get there at like ten. Oh my god! And I didn't tell anyone in my life that I was doing this. It was entirely secret. (laughs) Why were you like kind of like worried about something? Well, I I just didn't want to like let people know that I was trying that hard if I were to fail. (laughs) Oh, okay. I see see the train of thought. So now now that I made it in, I was like, yeah, I did that. But if I didn't make it in, that would that would be buried with me. You never talk about it ever again. Yeah, exactly. That would be on my deathbed. I wouldn't tell anyone. I gotta say, there's something that I. I mean, we haven't known each other that long, but I, I know enough about you that I can say, like, you work so fucking hard at everything <laughs> you do. Like, you have you have such an insane drive to the point where it seems like it, like, hurts you physically. <laughs> but, but like, but I do I admire the shit out of it because it's like, and so this week, like, we were recording, uh, you were posting a bunch of Gravity Falls uh-huh. behind-the-scenes stuff. And there was that, like insane schedule that oh yeah uh, you posted that you and alex were doing and like first of all how accurate is that and second of all what was wrong with you two? because <laughs> it, it's like it's batshit yeah it's like it's like i woke i mean hey i will say 100 percent accurate <laughs> I, okay I, I would say to the kids out there don't do it it wasn't good it wasn't healthy yeah. but um it was 100 percent accurate and it, it was just stemmed from i think it was like one it was a couple of things. One is that like Alex was really great and he trusted me. He was like, This guy cares more than anyone I've ever met in my life. Hmm. Um so I should like give him stuff to do and 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 he you know, we have a lot of the same taste and that yeah. sort of thing. So it like it, it was very natural that we were sort he was like, you know, stuff I was doing was actually getting used. Cause I I've been like that in other jobs where I'm like Oh, uh, I'm gonna give you a thousand notes, and here's some ideas, and blah 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 blah. And sometimes people are like, "Yeah, thanks, buddy, bye," and just oh. th- that just goes into the gutter, <laughs> yeah. goes into the yeah, dumpster. Yeah. So um, it was really cool that Alex was so open to all that stuff. So and yeah, so so it's like I would we would write on the weekends up until like 
you know, four in the morning and then we'd sleep for three hours and then we'd wake up and write some more and read it to each other and slap each other in the face to wake each other up and stuff like it was, it was very, um, unhealthy, but, (laughs) but in the, but in, in, in hindsight, I'm, I'm so, I, I really look at that, look at that time really fondly, uh, because, Because and it's like partially because people like the thing we do. <laughs> right, I'd be right. well, if yeah, people didn't like it, I'd be like that was a waste of time. It's great. Well, yeah, it shows. Like there's definitely it's like it's like the the driving thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, the show is is fantastic and it feels so cohesive. And I think that that amount of work you guys put in like comes through. Yeah. We, spectacularly. I mean, it's like, it's like we definitely put the, I mean, and that's sort of like was one of my driving things the whole time was is like, I really believe that if you like put the love into it, people will get yeah, love out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll like, like beam it. out of the screen into people's hearts. I liked, yeah, you posted those like lessons that you got from the show and like, let me read some of them. I like them. <laughs> but yeah, it was like respect and love your characters, yeah. which is very true. Don't be fragile. Like you got to be able to get rid of stuff. And 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 that was something that's funny that Alex was way better than me cuz I was like he was like the dad and I was like the mom and I'm like, "No, they're precious babies." And he's like, yeah. "These kids have got to die." And I'm like, "Oh, no." Yeah. <laughs> kill your children. They always say when you're writing, kill your children. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. If if something's wrong, you say like if you identify a problem, any attempt at fixing it will eventually help. Yeah, the observation, invention, cliche pyramid, which I love that one because I think it's like you know you'll come up with an idea, the the, the royal you, yeah, and like and a lot of people I feel like stop stop at that like just because it came out of their brain they're like this is good, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's like mm-hmm. not enough and you got to that's the that's the trash idea that's always the yeah. trash idea and like you take that that's the cliche. That's you working, you know, like processing through stuff you already know. And so you take that, you throw it out, and you come up with something <laughs> completely different. Like, I try to do that with everything because I always end up hitting that uh, wall of, I'm like, everything here is, like, I've seen it before. Like, yeah. I gotta completely change these things. Well, and, and it's totally true. It's, like, it's like you know, and, and this is, like, one thing that I got from, like, you know, sort of Pixar writing commentaries, but I also got from, like, my own experience is, like, is, like, the first, yeah, the first idea, second, third, fourth is usually not that good. And it like you get to interesting stuff on 10, 12, 15, mm-hmm. 30, mm-hmm. you know, because um, because you just have to because and it's and the, I really hold that true because it's like the it in times at Gravity Falls when I was like at my worst, I would be writing something and then I would reread it and be like, oh, this is just a recycled Simpsons joke or Arrested Development joke or yeah. or, or or even like a full house joke that I'm like, sure, regurgitating from my childhood. And like, yeah. and it it is like the way out of that was like, okay, could this be, I, when I was like teaching, I would give this example of like, at CalArts, everyone did movies for a certain point, everyone did movies and their like whole movie was about like a bear trying to get an apple out of a tree. For some reason, this was like in vogue in the nineties. Like if you look at the old CalArts films, it's all that. And I was like, look, you can, if you do a bear getting an apple out of a tree, you can either have the bear transform into a rocket and fight the sun and fight God to get an apple out of its mouth and just make it so insane that it's new. Or you can like study a bear, find out what, you know, what bear sort of behavior is and like really beautifully recreate it in, in charcoal. And you could make it interesting that way. 
So those are like two ways to make this like boring idea interesting. Like one, make it crazy. <laughs> yeah. And two, like really observe life and and sort of draw from that. So I I, I sort of like Alex always made fun of me on Gravity Falls because like he's like Mike, you either want everyone skipping rocks and talking about childhood, or you want crazy Furby monsters screaming in gibberish languages. <laughs> like yeah. I was always like pushing it to be either totally insane or like. The most grounded thing I could imagine. Well, yeah, I think that I think just always trying to push past what the influences you already have is good. It's like it's a, it's good to have that structure, but you want to add to the pot, yeah, and not just keep stirring. That's yeah, it's it's something I have said before. That's like you want to try to always add to the pot. Yeah, totally. And then you had like characters' goals must have value and be relatable for your audience to care about them, which is very true. Say something is the fifth. Which is good. I like that too. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I mean, like a lot of cartoons are just comedies, and that's fine. But I think that people, especially now, want more out of their entertainment. They want yeah. a message, and they want something that is a little deeper. Well, and I, I think that's why people started telling stories in the first place. It's like really right. heady, but it's like, oh, you know, originally it was just like, don't go over there. There's a saber-toothed tiger over there. But now it's sort of like, oh, how do I deal with in-laws or something? And it's like, and if you've got this big megaphone, you might as well say something. with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and also another thing, which is something that I railed against school was like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm very, I was a very, I was a giant, I was a huge brat and I probably still am, but. But in school, I was like, I was like, these, sometimes, these movies, it's just like story porn. It's like, you know, you just get your ending, and then there's some moral, but it doesn't fucking mean anything. (laughs) Like, as I'm screaming and spitting on the face of the person (laughs) I'm talking to. But, like, but I do think that that's true, is sometimes you're like, okay, this works A to B to C to D. But, like, they miss the part where it's like, oh, what are you saying about life Mm -hmm. or the human Mm -hmm. or whatever that that somebody can watch and take from because i think that on gravity falls and in this movie like the when we were at our sort of you know not at our best we weren't doing that but when the best episodes that clicked on gravity falls are the ones it's like oh this is about something that people can see and relate to and be like oh i went through that this is cool this is this is helpful yeah yeah i just feel like you know it's so hard to get a show made or even just to get into animation, period. And it's like, if you don't use that to to try to, like, contribute something positive, you yeah. know, try to help somebody work something, like, you're kind of wasting yep. that effort. That's how I feel. I don't know. 100%, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I like this one. You need to blow smoke up your friend's asses. That's great. Yeah. Support your that, pals. That's how I, that is entirely how I got through life. That is yeah. why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I do Just think that that's friendly. it's that's like shockingly important, and I've I've found that like when I have a friend like that, and we're just like, "You're great, no, you're great, we're gonna fucking <laughs> rule the world." Like those yeah. are the times when we actually succeed because it's you know if you don't have that person around, you're just gonna be like, "This sucks," and then no one's it's there so to be hard. like, "No, dude, you're awesome." <laughs> yeah, that is so true. I it's so like- true, and I I still will <laughs> will deny it. I'm like, "No, you're just being nice," and like, "Shut up." <laughs> And get in a fight. <laughs> People love a mystery more than you would believe. That's great. Uh, very much Gravity Falls. Um, it's it was always shocking to us that like we could leave 
like there would be like a sentence of a mystery and the whole the whole thing was like a kind of a sitcom structure and then there was yeah. one question and people were like what's the answer yeah. and i was like you didn't like the joke <laughs> yeah that's it people just want to know the answer i like the put in the details and people will love you for it reward people for their attention yeah which is great people always like that kind of stuff i mean i uh I only have had experience with that with, with my short, with Planet Panic. And, like, there was a lot of stuff that I put in just because I thought it would be fun. Mm-hmm. And I was – it was so validating when people would find, like, nice reference to Gurren Lagan over here or some <laughs> shit like that. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, totally. Oh, my God. People are watching this thing. I, like, really thought that people would just, like, you know, not even pay attention to it. But Gravity yeah. Falls is, is packed full of uh, of little details and things. Well, it's true. I, I learned that when I was a kid when I watched um, The Tick. And in the first episode, Chairface Chippendale tries to draw a, his name on the moon. And then it it got me so excited. And I couldn't explain why when I was a child. But, like, every other episode, I remember telling my mom. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, I was like, Chairface Chippendale, he wrote his name on the moon in episode one. And it's still got a C and an H oh. on there in episode 10. And my mom was like, go, I, I got to go, man. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. But I remember always, like, referencing that and being, like, how... It's, like, you feel like, oh, the person cares. Like, you know, you could always tell the difference between... Even when you were a kid, I remember being, like, this Fantastic Four show doesn't seem like anyone cares about it, but this X-Men show is great. You know, like, um, it's, like, certain shows you could just feel the love. Yeah. Well, it's like you said the the Super Mario comparison with like there's coins everywhere that you can possibly get to. And yes. Like, I, I knew. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know you get up here. And then the last two is fight for the right team, which is great. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to hire hire your friends, hire the people who are going to make it the best thing it can be. Mm-hmm. And you got to fight for quality, which is, which is very true. But yeah, I like that a lot. I think that those are really good... Um, little bits of advice for anybody that's like moving up in the animation world and trying to mm-hmm. make something. So thank you for putting that out there. Yeah, no problem. I mean, Hey, I, again, the fact that anyone listens is, is gold to me. <laughs> that oh, My sure. ramblings are valued by some human is a, uh, is a miracle. Oh, it's all valuable. It's all valuable. Um, but let's, t- let's take it back a little bit. So, you uh you went to Cal Arts mm-hmm. and then uh what kind of happened from there? What was your first gig and uh, yeah. how'd you get into the industry? I mean the the whole time at Cal Arts I was just terrified that I wasn't going to get a job. That was like my driving force and I think that's why I developed the work ethic that I had cuz I kind of knew I was like I'd started to go to this other art school and I was like if I don't make it now I have gone to arts, two different art schools and failed at both. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I mean, not really, but it was, it, it felt like life or death. And, and I, so I developed this crazy work ethic and I was like, well, look, if I, if I can look back on this and say, I couldn't have tried any harder than I, then win or lose, I did the right thing or whatever. Sure. So, so basically I just worked incredibly hard at CalArts and I, and I, I was very, stressed out and uh, a lunatic and I, you know, I, I started balding and all these things. But I think the the first thing that sort of and, and I got I, I got an internship at Jib Jab based on this cartoon that I made um, called Everybody Dies in 90 Seconds. And then I did my third film. And that's the best thing about CalArts. Like, honestly, like a lot of CalArts is just I've said it before, but it's like it's sort of like they just send out a bunch of talented artists into the wilderness. And then it's like, 
all right, what'd you, and then at the end of the year, they're like, what'd you find? And then some people are like, I found a bunch of rocks. And yeah. then, and then <laughs> they don't even tell you that that's the wrong thing to do. They just sort of don't look at you. And then other people are like, I found some gold or whatever. Like, it's so like, I don't know, like figure it out on your own. Like there's some great teachers there, but it's also just, it's, it's a strange school. But the thing that's amazing is that it, it, it makes you do four films. So you can like that's try nice. things, fail, Maybe you're because my second year film is T to B trash, top to bottom. It's garbage because I got like so full of myself for my first year film being like marginally successful that I was like, I'm a, a king. <laughs> and then my, my second year film just sucks ass. I hope nobody ever sees it. <laughs> and then uh, I didn't put it on the internet. Um, and then uh, and then my third year, I kind of learned and I got like more humble and I was like, oh, maybe it shouldn't be a 10 minute long epic. And I made this cartoon called work that is still on youtube Mm -hmm. and uh it did really well and because of that i got um this internship that i was trying that was my whole goal at calories i was trying to get this pixar that was like my life dream and i Mm. i'm gonna get this pixar internship i'm gonna marry this girl because um my wife at the time or now (laughs) um my, (laughs) my um sort of the girl that i loved at the time um, who was not my wife, uh, lived in Emeryville. So I was like, she lives in Emeryville. I'm going to work in Emeryville. She lived in Oakland. She lives in Oakland. I'm going to work in Emeryville. Or I'm going to have the perfect life. It's going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then I got the internship at Pixar, and I, I just collapsed like a dying star under the weight of that internship. <laughs> like, really? It was kind of like a reality show or something, because it's like there were five interns, and my the people I was interning with were awesome. It was like Shion Takeuchi, who I love, is one of my oh, best wow. friends. And is doing inside job at Netflix, and yeah. uh, Stan Moore and Sabrina Cortugno and Jihyun Park. It was it was like a great group of people that I mm-hmm. loved. Yeah, Glenn Williams. Um, but it was sort of like a reality show because we kind of knew like only one or two of us was gonna get the gig. And I was like, went and I think I was like, I don't know, it was like a big combination of things. One, me freaking out. Two, me not being that good at drawing. Uh, you know, like I could do well at storyboards if I had a really long time. Because I think I cared more than other people. But as soon as, like, we all had the same assignment and we all were, like, working equally hard, like, I was just getting smoked by everyone else. And it was just, like, it was so devastating because I was like, oh, I can't do it. I, like, the my dream was being a feature storyboard artist and I, like, don't have the goods. Um, I remember, like, sobbing in my little Pixar apartment that was, like, in Emeryville on the ground on my birthday. And my wife had like brought me <laughs> like uh, balloons and uh, you know oh. all my favorite foods, oh. and I'm like, <laughs> "Can you feed them to me?" You know, not really, but yeah. But it was like it was just so sad. Um, but it was it was really interesting because even though that was like so, so cataclysmically. Oh, also, real quick, just want to get this out there. While I was at Pixar, <laughs> I just want to out myself here. While I was at Pixar, um. There was uh, a person who would take down all the notes that the mentors had about us. Uh huh. And it was in this little black and white uh, composition book. And mm-hmm. I was always at the studio at like four in the morning when no one else was there. And I would like ride the, you know, the little scooters around and like with just, just sweating and the famous and, scooters. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and swirls in my eyes. And then one day I was like, I was like, oh, this is the, this is the desk of the girl there's the composition book. Like it was on her desk. And I like, I grabbed a composition book out of the uh, uh, supply closet and did like the Indiana Jones switch. 
And then I like <gasps> scurried, and there was like cameras and stuff. We like scurried into a closet, and I was like reading everything. And I called my friend. I was like, "She gone. They're gonna offer you a job. I gotta go. They're after me." Um, <laughs> and it was like it was. I was I was touched. This is a reality show. <laughs> it was. It was really like a reality show. No, I was touched because they were like, "He's trying hard. <laughs> He's getting better." Aww. Um, uh, He's doing you know. It. So I was like, I, I felt good about that. But um, it was like this insane, reckless thing that when I look back, I was like, why did I do that? Um, anyway. So. Wow. That's so funny. That happened. <laughs> um, and, and, but, but, in, and, and while I was there, weirdly, um, that the cartoon I was talking about work made its way onto some weird industry list. So mm. a bunch of people all of a sudden wanted to hire me right after this like cataclysmic nightmare internship that I had. So it's weird because, like, one side of things, I'm, it's like, oh, you're a terrible fraud. And then other people wanted to hire me, uh, including I once got an email from Dr. Dre, which was, like, the highlight of my life. Oh. It wasn't really Dr. Dre, I later learned. But the subject, like, from bar said Dr. Dre. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. But it was, yeah. like, it's like uh, my name is Stanley uh, Abramowitz. I'm Mr. Dre's uh, assistant. But um, but anyway, um, all that happened. And then, I so I tried, I was, like, trying... You know, and I pitched something to MTV, which would have been a disaster if that would have actually happened. But I think they could like smell like this person is a, is a, just not ready for anything like this. Mm. But um, but uh, uh, Alex from Gravity Falls was like, "Oh, hey, I talked to this guy, and he said you're the like new, you know, funny person at CalArts. Like, do you? I really liked your films. You know, we have a lot of the same interests. Do you want to meet?" Uh, and at the time, I wasn't that interested in TV. But I was like, all right, I'll meet, whatever. And he, it, Alex was, like, so passionate, and we got along so well that, like, right from the first meeting, I was like, oh, like, we were talking, like, old friends by the end of the interview. Yeah. Also, you guys hadn't, like, you and Alex hadn't met before that interview. No, we didn't. Like, I, I think people assume that we, like, are, like, cousins or something or, like, <laughs> went to the same high school because we're, we're like, like, inseparable at, like, in Gravity Falls a little bit. Um, But, yeah. um, but... We we didn't know each other. I mean, we went to we both went to Callards and we both did this Pixar internship, but we didn't. We there was no never any overlap. But mm. but we just got along really well. Yeah, I was I was just really taken by the idea of the show, and I was like, it has continuity, and it just seemed like he had the right kind of energy. And also, I knew that I eventually wanted to make movies, and he was sort of pitching it. Like he's like, look, man, we're gonna make twenty one movies. You know, we're gonna make twenty-one little movies together. Uh, it'll it it'll be like the gym. It'll be like going out, you know, going to the movies, and it totally was. Um, it was like incredible how much I learned in that because it was really like making twenty-one little movies, um, especially with Gravity Falls because it was so ambitious. Yeah. So that's that that's that's how I got there. Yeah, it's very cinematic for sure. Yeah, we yeah we tried because it was it was a lot of. It was a lot of people, honestly, from that Pixar internship, which was a great internship. I just did terribly. But um, but like Alonzo Ramirez Ramos went to it and Matt Brawley went to it. And we all like kind of gained sort of love and understanding of like cinematic storytelling. And Eric Fountain uh, was another guy who did it. And and we were all like trying to push on all fronts as hard as we could. Yeah, it comes through. I think you can tell that there was like significant effort to uh, to make every every facet of it uh solid um so then uh yeah gravity falls seems like it was a a hell of a hell of a time 
uh, in many ways. And uh, what kind of happened after that? Yeah, I mean, well, the weird thing was is I left. I mean, I think a lot, like, my friends from high school are like, what are you doing, dude? My mm-hmm. f- my cousin has a dipper hat. <laughs> You're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just because I I was basically, like, sort of Alex's, like, right-hand man type person. Like I was sort of, like, assistant showrunner, junior showrunner, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, assistant to the regional manager. But, like, and, and I was, like, I felt like I felt like I had learned everything that I was going to learn at the show. And, and it was also, it was so, I mean, like, like I sort of pointed out in that thing documenting my time there, it was, a, it was grueling. Mm. And I was like, if I'm going to be working this hard, like, I should be working this hard on my own thing. Because also, I was like, I'm not getting any younger, you know. Um, and I'd heard stories of older animators who were like, look at me and grab me by the arm and like, hey. If you're gonna do anything, do it before you have kids. Um, and I was like, uh. uh so I was like, all right, I guess I gotta do that. This guy seems serious. So, so, and and the other thing was my um my wife Molly, who I love dearly, and is in the other room. She was in Boston at the time. She was going to grad school, and I, she was in Boston, and I was in L.A., and it was kind of weird. And she and she had sort of been sacrificed for me in my career. Oh yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I'll move to Boston. You know, we'll 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 let's do it. Um, so I moved to Boston, and my plan when I moved to Boston was that I was going to uh, write a great coming of age story that was an R rated two D animated uh, masterpiece. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I wrote it, and the problem, the only problem, was that it was really bad. <laughs> oh, that's, that's not that's not that big. That's the one issue with it. But it was like that time in Boston was really wonderful, and it was and it was it was really what I needed at the time was to not just be throwing myself at at the show because it's like and and it's like I it was so rooting for the show and I was consulting with it at the time and stuff and I, I wanted to help as much as I could but I just knew that it was like I don't know if I could give fourteen hours a day to this again because I would only be learning how to better be Alex's sidekick and I was like I'm pretty good I know how to do that <laughs> like. <laughs> How long did it take you to kind of like come to that real- realization, like to be like, all right, maybe I should take a break from the show? Like what, what inspired it? Uh, what inspired it? And also like, kind of like how long, like, did it like, you know, how long did you stay on Gravity Falls? Yeah. Well, cause I was on it for years because I was on it before it got greenlit until yeah. it, until the sort of second season started up. That was kind of where I broke. Cause I was like, I don't know do another season right mm-hmm. and so it was like i was probably on the show for like three years or something or four years i started mm-hmm. in 2010 and mm-hmm. i think i ended in 2014 um but like the beginning of 2014 yeah that's a good amount of time yeah, yeah. and it was you know it's because because it because it, it, like the show got delayed and blah 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 um because we we're working really hard on it we wanted it to be great and then the i mean the re- yeah just the, the, the and and then it was just sort of looking at the second season and just being like i don't know if i'm gonna learn as much this time i think i learned the stuff that i'm gonna learn from this yeah um, and i had this you know i've got a song to sing i've got a story to tell mm-hmm. and then i made my movie and it was really bad and it's like it's so funny in, in in hindsight it totally makes sense that it's bad it's like it was about me and my wife um meeting each other it was like a romantic comedy oh yeah and it's called the seven year con because i was like in love with my wife for years before i said anything. and it was like i was like oh this will be this fun romantic comedy type thing and it's about you know me growing up but like after I wrote it, I was like, oh, it's just, it's about a, um, 
uh, white male in his 20s who gets everything he wants and doesn't learn any lessons. <laughs> you don't need more of those stories. I was like, this is terrible. Everyone who read it was like, what does he learn? What's happening? <laughs> so, uh, but that you was... learned something writing the script. I did. I, I, I mean, I learned a ton writing that script. I went and I, I wrote it in a cabin. And I, I at one point, like, I think literally went insane. I remember um, it was like the day before I was going to send it to everyone. And I had like lost my mind and I was stabbing a cardboard box with a knife, um, <laughs> just screaming. <laughs> like it was, it was, you know. You I just like I, keep adding to this, like screaming, naked, <laughs> covered in peanut butter. I don't know why I do this to myself, but I just, I guess I just. You work so hard, yeah. <laughs> but um, but I, you know, and you're right that that it was that it was totally. I did learn. But you were gonna say, but you're right. I was covered in peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you're right. <laughs> you're right. I did just kill someone. That was the uh, you know. Now that yeah. I'm remembering, I, it's what it takes, man. Sometimes I did commit manslaughter to yeah. write this bad script. Do you want to write a good script? <laughs> I, okay, this is completely left field, sure. but I remember watching a movie, uh, I think it was European, I'm not sure, about the scriptwriter. He's terrible <laughs> at writing, and like he cannot get his big break until uh, by accident, he, like, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to like kind of make this up because I can't remember exactly how it happens, but like there is a kitten on like a windowsill or something and he's trying to help the kitten or whatever, but then like mm -hmm. it, like they're on the fifth floor or something and then the kitten like uh, trips and falls mm -hmm. and unfortunately dies and he's like, oh no, what have I done? And then, but then the next day he writes something really good <laughs> and then he... <laughs> He becomes obsessed with his power being like he has to murder kids. Oh my god, okay. that's a funny story. Um, I sympathize yeah. with that with that kind of weird. I've, yeah, not to so that extent. I don't remember how it ends. I just remember watching a little bit. I don't know. It was probably like one of those like direct to TV um, kind of like I watch movies. Anyway, but anyway, yeah, let's, you did not let's do it on. That. You were... <laughs> I'm interested. I'm, let's find out where this goes. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have the end to the story. This is going to remain a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Someone will dig it up. Yeah, and you so you wrote your script and you sent it to everyone and they said... I mean, they were... Everyone was really nice about it. <laughs> Nobody was like, this is fucking trash. But I just think I sort of like... I don't know, just sort of like... I was like, oh, write another draft or something. And then I was like, oh, you know what? This might be better if I just make a short... Because um, I was really excited, and I still am excited about, like, one of the big things about the script was that it was, um, I really, and I, I was able to get a little bit of this in the movie, which I was really excited about, but um, about just externalizing um, your thought process. And the whole thing was sort of, like, the hook of it a little bit was that everything that the main character was thinking and feeling, you were able to actually see and sort mm -hmm. of, like, experience. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if something bad happened, it was like a nuclear bomb. Or whatever and then it would sort of go yeah, back yeah. and stuff has done that before and stuff but i was like let's take it to 11 and i was really excited about that so i did, made a short basically that was that was the same idea because i had also talked to i like knew one person who was in hollywood and i asked him i was like hey here's my idea for a movie and he's like this is this is poison <laughs> he's like this is a nightmare of an idea <laughs> he's like look i think this can be great 
but you're not going to make it at a studio. What are you nuts? Like 2d animated coming of age story. That's R rated. That's, that's, that's all poison. So he's like, look, make a short. And if it's successful, you know, show it at Sundance or whatever. So I was like, okay, that's cool. So I, I made a short and it was like, okay, I like the short. I looked, I watched, but actually while I was making that short, um, Sony approached me and they were like, do you have any ideas for an animated movie? Hmm. And I was like, <laughs> and it was so funny because at the time I had so much bravado because I didn't care. I was like, I like had my feet on, you know, it's a, I didn't really, but it's sort of like I had my feet on the table and I'm like, what do you got? You know? Cause I was like, I was like, I don't know what this interview is. I, I'm not trying to make any movies, but then I got really excited about the idea of Sony because they didn't have an identity and yeah, they, yeah. they just gotten hacked. Yeah, that's right. And it, and it was sort of like, I was like, Oh man, maybe there's a two do something really cool here um because i was like they don't have a house style they're asking me so it proves yeah. their fucking taste is amazing no uh <laughs> but they're like they're asking me which is weird but i'll take it so I, I i got in my car and i turned on a tape recorder driving to salinas uh, my hometown which is like five hours away and then i just recorded a bunch of ideas and i was like because i was just thinking i was like oh is there something that i would love that would excite me that could also be a big animated movie and to my and I have kind of like my taste is kind of like mainstream. It's not like I only like you know the void or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like <laughs> so it's like I love Pixar movies and you know sitcoms and stuff. So basically, a bunch of the ideas that I made, I was like, oh, this would be great. I could make any of these there. So so I and then I sort of picked my favorite one, which was the one that got made, the machine. And at the time, it was just I just thought it would be funny to imagine my dad sort of doesn't understand technology having to fight robots. Uh, and I think robots are funny and I love okay. robots and I love my family. And I was like, Oh, that, that all seems like a good stew. And then, uh, and then basically I, and then I sort of pitched it to Sony and they were into it and they're like, Hey, why don't you just come and work here? And since I was like working at home in isolation, I was like, that sounds great. Cause mm-hmm. I had no boundaries on myself and I was like being really lazy. Just gr- grizzled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was like quarantine before quarantine. Right. But uh, but then, and I went into Sony, and then I just sort of got a real head of steam, and then I just started sprinting, which I later learned from all the feature directors. They're like, what are you doing, bud? Because, <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, I got a poster, and I'm I'm hiring. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I remember I paid, like, they didn't want to give me a storyboard artist. Because they're like, you don't need a storyboard artist yet. And I was like, no, but I do need a storyboard artist because I want to really sell this scene. So I, I called Matt Brawley and I was like, Matt, um, how much can I pay you to uh, board this scene for me? And he's like, tell you what, Mike, I'm really fast. I could probably do it by Thursday. But, uh, you know, if you want to pay me, just give me a PlayStation 4. <laughs> That's, that was the exchange? He's like, you work at Sony. Um, and I was like, I was like, you got it, buddy. And I like, I, one day I was like walking across the lot with holding a PlayStation 4 and like, uh, <laughs> like four games. And he delivered and his boards were awesome. And it like got me the next meeting. And then I, it was just, I was just kind of scrambling from day one to like do 10 times more than I needed to because I knew that there was like a, since it was an original idea, there's a big burden of uh, proof on it. Yeah. Do you feel like you had to deliver, like, even though they didn't explicitly ask you to deliver more, like, you felt like you had to deliver more to really sell the idea? 
Yeah, I mean, just because I knew I was like, I just knew, I was like, look, I know talented people, and and you know, and the studio sort of rightly were like, look, this is just some lunatic in an office. It, it's a it's a uh, it's basically a lotto scratcher. <laughs> like if he yeah. pays off, great. If he doesn't, whatever, we'll let him go. And uh, and I just knew that if I really cranked and outpaced things that were in development for years, if I could like, wow, this because basically I was like I was like if I could kind of almost make them believe that the movie's already getting made, they'll just be oh, like, well, look at this, it's already happening. <laughs> like I would do this nutty stuff where I would like, vote. I would I got a really nice poster made. Like I got some of my buddies from Gravity Falls to work on. I got Lindsay Oliveras who was like world-class hero production designer to 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 draw it and and all these people and i got like the super team together to make this awesome poster and then uh, ian world did the art and, or did the colors and stuff um and then i and then i like google i sort of inserted it like it was on a poster in times square and i like photoshopped it and i like did the atmospheric perspective really well because i was like look if they can if they can imagine this in the world that's wild. Then they can like show their bosses like, look, I mean, look, doesn't that look like a movie that people would watch? Oh my god, that's so oh, interesting. Wow. Cuz mm-hmm. because and it's like and it's like, you know, and and the other thing was that everyone at Sony was like so great. Like like uh, you know, it was it was it was me busting my ass, but everyone was really receptive. Like Mike Moon was the guy who brought me in. He was the guy from Disney, who I knew from Disney, and he was just like, this guy's a psycho. He'll <laughs> he'll probably make something good. And like, and he's like, he's like, Mike, this will be amazing. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> With Mike, everything's like, it's, it's Yogi like, Yogi Bear. Yeah. It's a little Yogi Bear. He's like, oh my God, this is so shitty. Or it's is amazing. There's like, no, it's everything is black and white. With Mike. Um, but I love Mike. And he like, we would, this movie would not exist without him. But also Christine Belson, who was the new president, like loved the movie, like from the jump. But it was like, it was partially because it was so figured out. Like I had posters and a and a and a map of the United States with red string dots on it to like map out the road trip they were on and I had posters of each character that you could like put in a lobby and I had a movie poster that was framed that I that I still have in my uh, apartment and if you turn the poster around I stole a Trump a Smurfs 2 poster and just like flipped oh. it because <laughs> there's a bunch of that stuff sitting around the office and I was like uh, I was like uh eh, there's like 30 Smurfs 2 posters I, I think I could take one yeah, why not? <laughs> like no one cared. Like I, I, I still to this day have a. There's some sort of BAFTA that the Smurfs won. <laughs> and, Smurfs and won a it BAFTA. was it was in an so it was in a cubicle outside my office for like months, and I was like, look, this needs a good home. <laughs> so I just wrote in duct tape, our na- the name of our movie over the award, <laughs> and I just put it up in my office, and I still have it. Yeah, great. Why not? But um, you you have an award. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You it's, might not have won it, but you have an award. It's an award getting film. Uh, <laughs> it's an award having film. <laughs> yeah, award having. <laughs> award having film. That's really funny. But I mean, that's I I love the idea. I've never heard this idea of like making almost like coming up with a, a show of presenting like this is already real and yeah like, like that's such an interesting approach and you're making me rethink everything i've ever done in my <laughs> development <laughs> like why 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 not like why not it's, just well, because the number one thing about development is that they they 
don't because understandably they're like look if we're not paying you we, we don't want to have to ask you to do all this work because it's like probably illegal oh yeah so so they're like look just come in with a just come in with a verbal pitch but it's like i know from experience that, that f- yeah. fuck a verbal pitch you know like you come in with a verbal pitch you're like what if it's a family on a road trip and then robots like if I say that sentence, people are like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. No. Mm. But if I have a really entertaining scene boarded by genius storyboard artist Matt Brawley and, and Data Terrace, who I also tricked into, <laughs> into helping me, <laughs> um, uh, the two showrunner, Disney TV showrunners, and, uh, and I have a poster that looks awesome that you could imagine in the world. And even when to get the show greenlit, I made a Manchi plush. I made... Wow. Uh, I, I had my wife, um, who was very mad at me at the time, and I will forever be grateful for this. She p- painstakingly painted a robot action figure while she was mad at me. She's like, I really love you Aww. because I'm doing this. <laughs> oh, that's really good. <laughs> and like, I, I took a Star Wars thing and I cut it out and I made a backing to it. So it's like I, every step of the way, because I knew that there was like a marketing guy that was going to be there. Like, we'll make it look marketable. So like every step of the way, I just tried to make it seem like it was it had already started, <laughs> and like if they were to greenlight it, it's like well they're already ahead of schedule, which is interesting. It's 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 like it's kind of an insane way to do it because it takes so much work, and if it backfires, it's so funny because it put me into so many situations where it was lucky because like Sony Animation was always like so good to us and like loved the project and loved us and was always incredibly sweet, and they like fought for the movie. Which is not something that uh, movie studio executives are famous for. <laughs> you yeah. know, like Christine Belson and Pam Marsden said, like, look, we think this is really funny. Everyone at the studio loves it. Like, let's do it. You know, and everyone who was worried that Spider-Man or whatever were like, oh, mm-hmm. boy, this seems like a risky bet. But it, it was it was really stressful all the way through. Like, the whole time it was like fighting an uphill battle uh, in terms of development. Because it was such a, we we always just had the burden of proof was always on us to prove that the movie was great. Um, because they're like, look, if this movie isn't great, then it's gonna lose out to ten other properties that people know the name. Yeah. So it like it was really hard. Like it it, it was sort of like it's like that. Speaking of Samurai Jack, it's like that episode of Samurai Jack where he's like trying to jump with the backpack on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jump good. Yeah, exactly. Do <laughs> you feel like um? when you um were uh selling them on like yeah this is a great movie and all that like mm-hmm. uh did you have to do a lot of like concept talk or more just like this is the story like i guess the question is is it more like a theory type of like pitch like um this is the emotional arc and this is why this is meaningful and this is like a concept or yeah. is it more like a nitty gritty like this is act one and this is act two and yeah. this is kind of like the jokes and the you know like it's sort of it was sort of a weird balance because like it's weird because I found like because I always wanted to have everything figured out like soup to nuts and I always would always give myself these extra deadlines because in in, in development everyone's so chill because yeah. like there aren't any deadlines so they're like whatever man have it in three weeks yeah. three months you know and i was like no 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 no. i was like what are you talking about they'll have it in four four weeks four weeks that done start to finish outline act one two and three and they're like uh sure <laughs> whatever yeah. weirdo so i would always like push to have those done but i i, I had i did find that the magic bullet was not to because like i i would find like i would figure out the story and i'd feel really good about it but then 
if you pitch that out loud, it takes like 63 minutes. And then like they've heard the story, but they haven't experienced it. And it's like weird. So I found that the best thing was like a middle ground where you have a indication of where the story's going and the big moves of the story. And then you have little, it's sort of like in, in uh, vi- the video game world where you have a demo, right? You have like a vertical mm-hmm. slice, say. Mm-hmm. And you say like, okay, I'm just going to have this one scene, soup to nuts. This is what the mo- This is what the tone of the movie is. Mm-hmm. And I like wrote a scene that I would like, I workshopped a long time and I was like, I wrote 10 different scenes and then I narrowed it down. I showed it to all my buddies. I showed Jeff Rowe, who uh, eventually ended up being the co-director and co-writer. And I showed Alex and I showed all these people. And then I got to a scene that I felt good about. Um, And then, so it was basically like, it was kind of like a trailer for the movie, mm-hmm. but it was like this entertaining scene on its own. And then mm-hmm. I had an idea of this, of the, I had in my head what the whole story was, but I only pitched like 15%. You know, I, I pitched see. basically, here's basically who the characters are, what their motivations are. I would pitch like, you know, it's like a family going on a road trip. And then I'd be like, and then the family's got to fight, you know, everything from Roombas to Furbies. And then, uh, you know, and then and then sort of basically pitch the big arc of it, like and then father and daughter reconcile and blah, 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 blah. So you're kind of like pitching almost in a trailery way where you're kind of mm. giving like the big beats. And yeah, just kind of selling. Yeah, it's like a synopsis. Yeah. A, yeah. a log line, I guess. Yeah. Whatever totally. it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know nothing about the feature world. I barely know the TV world. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's such a colossal task to try to get a movie made, especially an original movie. And uh, that makes sense. It makes sense that you have to put in that extra effort, even if they don't technically ask for it. Because yeah. Because of a... Well, and you gonna get that total, and I and I totally understand them because it's like they've got to convince three hundred people, you know, three hundred yes. people who are like who don't want to make an original thing, <laughs> right. you know, and yeah. and it's like and it's like no one is at fault for that being so hard, other than the fact that the movie industry is like this, or what, well, you know, yeah, I mean, there's millions involved. I I do think that like it feels when I talk to younger artists that are just getting in, they they have this misconception that like pitching is like binary and Mm -hmm. that's like you have a great idea and you pitch it and then it's like done yeah (laughs) and it's like boy that is wrong and but also like (laughs) it's not even that it's like yeah i don't know it's just it it's never ending and i think they also they also think that executives have the power like you know, as long as you can like pitch to a studio, they'll make it. Or like, I love yeah. the thing that people always say to me, which is like, "You should take it to Adult Swim" or whatever. And it's like, yeah. "Oh shit, I didn't even think about that." Yeah, <laughs> let me just like go ahead and pitch it to them. And it's like, no, it, it is. You hope to find people that believe in you, yeah, and and then they have to sell it to their bosses, who have to sell it to their bosses, yeah. And so it's just like. You really got to do the extra work. And I, yeah, I went through the same thing where they would like ask me for, you know, just 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 like do a little bit of just do a little bit of, yeah. of uh, you know, of a show bible and then I would do like all of this art and they were like, "Oh, we didn't think you would give us all of this." And I'm like, <laughs> "I mean, what do you expect? Like I I want this thing to happen." And yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. You got to put in that extra effort. Well, and and totally and it's like it's so easy, I think it's like it's really like I feel like when I was a kid I would be like, executives are evil. 
It was like fed to me by John. <gasps> yeah. Like yeah. executives are evil monsters and artists are pure beautiful butterflies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not really. And true. it's like it's it's like, you know, there there's there's shades to all this, but but it's but it's also like I think people like to blame executives on stuff, but it's like, you know, sometimes ideas don't work and sometimes ideas aren't sellable and sometimes you know, and also sometimes like executives have helped us a lot. You know, oh, yeah. by being like, look, this isn't, you know, like our first draft, me and Jeff uh, wrote it and we were like high fiving, looking at the sunset, you know, hugging. And then we got notes <laughs> the next day like, ooh, ah, hey, guys. Yeah, it's a lot of tone stuff. A lot of ooh, it's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? What? You're not. Why are you not high fiving me? <laughs> yeah. You're like mid high five when they come in. And they were so they were totally right because they were like this just isn't that warm, um mm-hmm. and and it was like I think it was like you know it was, it was like based in reality, like about my family and stuff, um yeah. but it was like, I sort of wasn't I was like oh all the funny parts about my family are the parts where we're not getting along and it's like it just turns out that people not get along for ninety pages like makes you want to rip your eyeballs out, mm. and they were like great at being like <laughs> look this just needs to be warmer take some time you know and then we made it warmer and it got a lot better you know and that was because of the evil executive <laughs> well yeah execs I mean, they have first of all they have an objective view of whatever it is you're pitching and, mm-hmm. and they're basically they're yeah they're, they're not out to like let's ruin <laughs> like know, fucking power rangers villains like their <laughs> rita hands. repulsa how can we destroy creative <laughs> projects but it's like they are looking at it like a mom in Minnesota, you know, just yeah, like totally. some like Midwestern, yeah. Like, what are how are, what is their perception of this? And I, I quickly realized that going through through my development process, that it's like, oh, they're giving the feedback that anybody, any layman would give, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. meanwhile, I'm bouncing these ideas off of my friends that have seen every episode of fucking, you know, Mob Psycho 100 or whatever. And, like, <laughs> yeah, and, and have played all these. And they're like, yeah, dude, I get it. I get what you're going for. And it's like, yeah, but that's not even the audience. You know, like, yeah. that's not necessarily the audience. And um, and so it's important to have that that filter and that um, outside perspective on, on uh, ideas, yeah. original ideas. I was going to ask, actually, um, Mike, do you have, like... Um friends outside of animation that you show your ideas and or like your scripts or like all of that too um yeah i show i i, I mostly show my wife um like a great editor and normal mm. person <laughs> uh, she's she's like an artist but she's like a fine artist so she doesn't mm-hmm. um she's not like entrenched in the same stew <laughs> mm-hmm. that yeah. i'm in so she's able to be like this is great and or like i didn't understand this or like you know, because basically that's all you really need is somebody who's just like comes to you in good faith and says, like, here's what I'm getting out of it. I'm right. getting X, Y and Z. Is that what you were trying to do? And then you're oh, like, okay. either yes or no. You know, I was like, oh, that was supposed to be funny. OK, well, that didn't work. or, you know, great. That came across or whatever. So I, I, I sort of I mostly show her, but I do show I do mostly show my animation friends. <laughs> No, I, I, I asked because I, this is something that's been on my mind a lot. Like exactly. And I, and I asked that because Jane was talking about like the audience and it's true mm-hmm. that like, I do feel that as well as someone in animation that like, I talk about like TV shows and movies mm-hmm. who also work in animation and, and yeah, we, we have like, it's great. And at the same time we can easily like lose track of yeah. 
like what it you know like um uh what it's like to just live in the world that is not animation <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, i mean totally it could be an echo chamber and that's that's actually exactly, one of the yeah. things i loved about the movie is that we just regularly showed it to audiences and i i think i was like unique among directors because i was like let's do another test screening let's let's get it out there because I wanted to know what your uncle thinks of it. You know what I mean? Because I know yeah, yeah. the the movie isn't going to be a bunch of, uh, you know, Mike Reed and Jeff Rose just high-fiving each other in the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be the world. And I'd rather fail privately in a small scale with, a, with you know, a bunch of people in Phoenix than yeah. publicly when the movie comes out. And it's like, oh, it, no one liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Yeah, you want to smooth out all the bumps. I, I think that like knowing what what kind of stuff people are you know bouncing against is just gonna make it better. Yeah, um, totally. What's like the influences that you really were trying to uh, pay homage to, or you know just kind of um, live up to when you were making Mitchell's? Oh yeah, um, no, I had I had on my uh, wall like five filmmakers. Uh, I would they would be different today, I guess, but it was like um, Miyazaki. Martin Scorsese and the Coen Brothers, Hal Ashby, who I love, um, and this uh, uh, Swedish director who I love called Lucas Moody, and it was like they just had a word bubble: "Don't fuck this up. Make something that we <laughs> make something that we'd respect." So I I love all those guys, and I love like Greta Gerwig and Celine Sciamma and Sciamma. How do you say that? Do you know? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, her <laughs> she's great. But uh, and and we were we were trying to one thing I got really excited about. I remember a day when I when the movie first got like the idea that I might make a movie first came. I had this day where it was like it was like I was on speed or crack. I got so excited about the I was like I was like snorting raw animation. Um, <laughs> I got so excited Main about the animation. Yeah, just just I I I cut up my FLCL DVD and I Ooh, snorted yeah. it. <laughs> That's my drug, baby. <laughs> I turned into the TV man. Um, I turned into Conti. I do. I do understand that, though. Like, I feel like sometimes when you really fall in love with an idea, I don't know. Like, oh, like yeah. when I when I fall in love with some of my characters, sometimes I get this rush that is really scary because it's <laughs> like I'm in love with an idea. I'm in love with something that doesn't even exist. That just comes from my own brain. It's mm-hmm. so weird, and it's like. You know, I don't know. Like what you described, just kind of—it's a great feeling. You gotta, you gotta cherish it because that, that that doesn't come along that often for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of just like hate everything now. And so, like, <laughs> if I if I find something that gives me that, yeah, it's like you know, you get in your thirties, you've seen everything, and it's like really hard to to get excited about some shit. Yeah. And so, if whatever it is, like some anime or or a video game or something, and I'm just like, if it gives me, if it makes me feel like I'm 14 again, yeah, yes, I. I'm like, oh, please don't like, like hold on to it desperately. Like, I can't let go of this. I'll like replay a game like three times over just to like feel like I'm a kid again. Yeah, totally. No, well, and 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 I had one of those moments, and I was like, ah! and it was, I was actually, it was funny because I was, I was actually at the moment thinking about Over the Garden Wall, which I really love. Oh, yeah. But the thing I love about that is how disparate the influences are. It's yeah. like Fleischer Brothers cartoons and jazz and woodcut illustrations and all this stuff and i was like i got so excited because i was like sony doesn't have a house style it could be all the weird shit that i like and i was like it's gonna be like rod scribner drawings and it's gonna have graphic design it's gonna have like writing on the screen 
and I'm not going to let anyone tell me no. And yeah. it's going to have all this crazy music that I like, like the Meishi. And a lot of it, like, actually came to, and it's like, it's going to look hand-drawn, you know? Like, um, and some of it, like, we were actually able to make it come true, both through mm-hmm. Chris and Phil. It's like, uh, you know, sort of the trust that the studio had in those guys to, you know, because it really felt like, it really felt like what Guillermo Martinez, who was like my total genius head of story, he's like, well, was like, he's like, this is like a, is this like a bunch of film students hijacked a major budget animated movie and are just <laughs> running wild? And like, I think like at the movie's best, it sort of has that like kind of joyous, chaotic energy mm-hmm. of, of somebody just doing all the stuff that we've always wanted to do. And like, we have like James Terrell installations as like the inspiration for like these, you know, the robot world and. And we, we were really trying to, and, and Lindsay, our production designer, took all this, like, photography, like, William Eggleston and Sam Stein and a bunch of people who she really loved and was like, okay, I'm going to draw from all these cool photographers. And we just wanted to draw, like, influences and, like, and like graphic design and weirdo teenage drawings and, and put it all in the stew. Because especially animation, it's like animated movies look really beautiful but nobody notices anymore because yeah. it's like they, they've just they're like yeah yeah that's what they look like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're beautiful masterpieces whatever and like I, I i do think that like to make people remember how amazing this stuff is you have to do something new so we wanted to draw from all these crazy influences and put them in a blender and i'm so excited and and the movie just visually is is so much better looking than i ever <laughs> like i really did great. not yeah. think it would look saw, that good that tra- i saw that trailer and i was like holy shit <laughs> like they, somebody's doing it before i knew you i remember i remember i was at sony when i saw like it was during one of those like uh town hall meetings or oh yeah happy called, hours you yeah. know happy hours and i was just like i was like oh wow like like yeah i've never seen anything look like this before or like or maybe at best in like an in like um festivals you know mm-hmm, you have mm-hmm. like shorts that kind of try to push like cg yeah but yeah like seeing it made like in a feature suit i was like oh man that is so inspiring that's so great well and it's and it's, it was so cool because it's like it's really like been wonderful working with chris and phil because they're like you know my like heroes and they're like yeah. hey can we executive produce your movie i was like yeah that'd be fine <laughs> chris and <laughs> phil you gotta play it cool so, um, and it's so funny because like they were like at a certain point because we pushed because I you know one thing about making your first animated movie you can be really timid because you don't know like what are the rules you know and we thought yeah. we were really pushing the look and like getting wild with it and then they were like ah, I don't know this looks okay but like how can it look more like the stuff you guys love look look you've got all this art on the wall that's great and this is not as great as that make yeah. it as great as that. You could do it. Bye. And then they, you know, they like left to make Spider-Verse. Um, and it was so, it was so awesome to have that, to have that like both, you know, sometimes, cause it was so, uh, so often in the process, I was like, oh, you know, ugh. I mean, you know, it's fine by me, but Chris and Phil, man, oh boy, they really got me in a corner on this one, <laughs> but it was like what I wanted to do anyway. So they were, we were able to really push the look extra because they sort of put their might behind it. And then also then Spider-Verse came out and it was like, oh great. People love this. Yeah, it was validating. Go, go wild. 
I think that's that's what's kind of funny is that like from uh, my you know my audience perspective, it's like Spider Verse came out and did well, and then Mitchell's had its trailer and everything, and it's like ah, oh, I see, it's like a response to like Spider Verse must have inspired that, but like clearly those things are happening. You know, like your movie was pro- was definitely being made before Spider Verse had come out, and so yeah. There, all these things were already just kind of happening organically within Sony. Yeah, but it, it, it was cool that – I mean, that's why I was buying 30 tickets to Spider-Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, right. Because I wanted it to be this mega hit to then, like, give us a blank check. And, you know, we, we did great, so the, the, it wasn't, you know – and Spider, Spider-Verse did, did great, you know. But um, but it's like um, the thing the – thing, but it did really embolden everyone at the studio to be like, oh, this is – people are loving it. Great. You know, because I think, you know, anything new, people are like, yeah, yeah, it's it's very impressive because, yeah, there's just not many original movies coming out and definitely not ones that look that distinct. And you can really see the the combination of all the things you've mentioned, like it. Yeah. You can feel it. Well, and, and the, 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 and the other thing that's like so awesome about feature is that the like collaboration is so real between artists because it like. None of the artists, especially me, on the crew could have made that movie, but together we all made it. You know, like if it wasn't for Lindsay Oliver's super charming drawings and Dave Bleich's color script and, you know, Toby Wilson, our art director, who like knew how to do everything, and like shepherded yeah. the, the group of children that he'd inherited, you know, um, and like, uh, you know, all these people, like sort of everyone was able to sort of stack on top of each other. And because of it, it was this really joyous experience. Like going to those art reviews was always like a blast because mm-hmm. it was just a bunch of people, you know, leaving Christmas presents under the tree. That's something that I've like also learned about recently is that it's like, use your friends. <laughs> like you have, if, if you're lucky to have talented friends around you, like use them, like work with them, collab with them and like make stuff together. Like I know I... I like that you were saying that, you know, you were just asking these friends to help out. To, like, mm-hmm. you knew these friends were better at their craft mm-hmm. and you wanted their contributions. And so it's like, yeah, just like buy your friend dinner, buy your friend a PS4 or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, just... no, I totally. I mean, that's like part of the blowing smoke up your ass thing because it's yeah, like oh, yeah. you're, you're all you're just like giving each other a boost. And then it's like, hey, man, I'll give you a boost when you need it. You know, like it it it, it really, you know, I sometimes my wife is like, you're so like you never are jealous of any of your friends. And I was like, why would I'm like, that's, that's a party, man. If somebody else gets a show, I'm like high-fiving them because they're moving up and I'm their friend and we're all moving up together, you know, like definitely that's true. But yeah, very true. When, when one of, when one of us wins, we all win. Absolutely. Yeah. And you never know, like, I mean, it's not like you should bank on it, but like you never know who, which of your friends are also going to suddenly like shoot up. So it's just like, just be cool. Just just be a good person and like don't <laughs> yeah. don't pick favorites and like don't try to figure out who's going to be. There's definitely like people who are, who are going to try to uh, do the math of like which one of these people is going to is going <laughs> to make it. You know? Yeah. And then that's disingenuous and that quickly gets. Yeah. That, that would never work for me. Nobody <laughs> like nobody would ever be like, this is the guy that's going to make it the one that's struggling and sweating in the corner. I feel the opposite because everyone was so like this, this guy, man, this guy's going to make it. And I'm always just like, please don't put that kind of pressure on. Me. Like, I don't I don't want to be the guy. I want to just like make the stuff I want to make i don't <laughs> yeah and th- i think that's the attitude it's just like make make your thing 
but yeah, I mean, I think your influences definitely come through in uh, in Mitchell's. I can't wait. I mean, by the time this is released, the movies come out, and but I I haven't seen it yet. And uh, yeah, I wish you I wish you guys had. It's 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 um it's a uh, I I I because like people are like, oh man, with the pandemic, you must uh it must be hard to not have a premiere and stuff and then like that stuff definitely sucks but like in my head the worst case scenario was that i would have worked uh, five or six years on a movie that i am not proud of and i would have right. let the entire crew down <laughs> yeah you know and it's like all these talented people are just like worked on a uh, kingdom of sand that i'm mm. that <laughs> i'm responsible for but i'm like i'm just like hey man i'm proud of the movie all the artists are proud of the movie i'm like we already won man um, yeah. Like, like I, I, I hope that it really does well, but I, I'm sort of like, I'm sure it's gonna be amazing. You know, what, let's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna record this as if I uh, have seen it already. <laughs> wow, yeah. is, man, that was a great film. I love it. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll edit out me saying that I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but uh, what, how do you? I mean, I'm sure there's been moments in your in your life where you've been, where you've been blocked. You've had the, yes. the creative block. And uh, you talked about it a little bit, but how do you work through those moments? What helps you kind of get out of there? I mean, you you know, you said like you, you went to Boston for a bit to kind of mm-hmm. uh, refresh your head, but what helps you get through those moments? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're, they're numerous. You know, it, it happens all the time. It's so easy to lose your confidence. You know, you yeah. could have made a hundred great things and then the hundred and one, you're like, yeah, definitely. You know, like I, I nothing I ever did was good, and, and this is like I often I've talked about it before, but it's like, it's like, you know, those lenticular images that if you look at them one way, you're like, oh, it's a flower, and if you look at them another way, it's like, oh, it's a, a closed flower or something. Mm-hmm. You know, those like mm-hmm. it's like they're like plastic, mm-hmm. and you could run your fingers yeah. up and down. Yes, yes. yes anyway, yes. Uh, I often think your life is like that a little bit, where it's like, in one way, I could look at my life and be like, oh, um you know, everything has gone well and I worked on this show that people like and now I'm directing this movie. And then you could look at another way and be like, oh, remember all the things that you failed at? And it's so easy to fall into that thinking where it's like, yeah. I failed at the Pixar internship. I failed at, uh, you know, my second year film was a disaster. This short, my, my parents didn't like, oh God. <laughs> but I but I also think it's like my solution and it's, it's unique to me, I think, because I'm like this relentless positivity monster. (laughs) Um, But like, uh, I, I just try to, it's like do a couple things. One is just like, take a break. Two is, uh, this is like a rolled doll thing, which is like, try to stop when you're doing well for the day. Like if you're Mm -hmm. doing something, you're really jamming on stop before you run out of gas. That's and really then the good. next morning, you're going to be, like, psyched because you're like, oh, man, I was on this hot bing, bang, boom, you know, um, which is I found is, like, incredibly effective. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, but that's mm-hmm. that's only if you're on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's not that's not something anybody has said yet. But that's you, yeah, like, that's totally something that I've tried to do as I've gotten older is, like, I'll, I'll almost sometimes try. You know how, like, the, the, the urge is, like, when you finish something, you're, like, it's finished, and there's, like, a point where you can walk away from it. Yeah. And I found that, like, when I, when I finish a thing and I walk away from it, coming back to it's so much harder because it's, like, starting new. Yeah, you know, it's, like, totally, you to yeah. the next section. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, like, that's a, good, that's a good bit of advice. Like, start the next bit, even if it's just a little bit, so you can kind of, like, 
uh, come back to something that's already in progress that you feel good about. And uh, that helps. That's great. That's a great bit of advice. Oh, I have one more that I, that is, I'm super excited about. I I would always tell my, I would like beat this into my student's head when I was a teacher. (laughs) They're like, I don't (laughs) care, but hopefully someone will. I do this thing every morning. I write a checklist of all the things I have to do and I break them up into the smallest increments humanly possible. Like I have a ridiculous amount of checks on my little check, but they're broken into such small pieces that they all seem very doable. And Mm -hmm. so I'll start doing them from easiest to hardest. And I find that like, like for example, if I have to write 10 pages of a script, yeah, I will write 10 check. And if I write one page, I'm able to put a checkbox down. And then when I look down at the checkbox, be like, I've already got one done out of these nine. I'm fucking killing it. You know? And then, and then like, if I get five done, I'm like, well, I might as well finish. I'm almost at 10, you know? Um, and it feels like, because instead of like looking at it, like I only finished nine pages I've lost today because I didn't get done the 10 pages I was supposed to get. done. But if you look at it, like I got nine out of 10 pages done. Wow. That was pretty good. You know what? Maybe I could finish that 10th one. Like, yeah, Breaking things into the smallest possible increments gives you momentum. And also you start on the easiest things that seem the least. Cause there's so much of about making creative work that is reliant on fear of starting. Mm-hmm. And, that if, is so true. and if you can Absolutely. blow past that and just be like, look, all I have to do is write an email. I could do that. Bing, bang, boom, done. And then I'm like, I'm already written. Yeah. And, you know, and then it, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like cheating yourself, but it, I found that it really worked. It was like, it was the only way I was able ever able to get anything done when I didn't have a deadline. I feel like I really feel this because I feel like this is something not only that I see a lot in like bullet journaling or like because I I often <laughs> this is something I Google at least like once a month how <laughs> to be more productive. <laughs> You're googling that? <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm yeah, dude. I'm a robot. This is my life is not optimized oh. increase yeah increase productivity <laughs> but for real no this is like a real like a like an advice that i see all the time like all the time is and and when i'm storyboarding that's also what i do is like i'm like all right how much time do i have and then uh, to like turn in this board and then i'm like i'm gonna break it down in like the amount of days by the amount of pages mm-hmm. and then each page i'm like like I can get like this page done by like the end of the day. And then like, I'm like, all right. And in the morning I do all my thumbs. And then in the afternoon, yeah, I do yeah. all my, like, I don't know, like having like this structure yeah. is so helpful because yeah. like, it helps you keep track of like how well you're doing while also being manageable. Like, I don't know, like, yeah. like I, I always, obviously, you know, like that's the first thing for me to check. Is this possible or not? And then yeah. I break it down and I'm like, oh yeah, this is totally possible. Mm-hmm. And then, it's a lot easier to get the work done for sure. Yeah. Cause yeah. otherwise you'll just fall into like the thing that I did in college, which is just like, if you think of it as one big chunk, you'll yeah. be like, Oh, I'm not going to work on it. I'm not going to work on it. Oh, I have to do three days worth of work in, in 24 hours. And why did I fail? That's so weird. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you always fail. If you try to do that. Well, we have some questions from our uh, fans on Twitter. I love it. Bring it. <laughs> Woo! A lot of, a lot of good questions. <laughs> Uh, let's kick it off with your boy Alex, oh, Alex sure. Sush himself. And this yeah. question is is uh, this is a loaded question. Which type of fast food were you eating when you wrote your favorite scene ever, so that <laughs> kids can gain your power? <laughs> um, Alex knows me well and knows that I'm a monster that eats fast food constantly. 
Um, and most of my uh, stories involve like, and then I bought four chicken uh, McChickens and it downed them all and started sobbing or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, the best fast food that I was eating when I wrote the best scene. I'm just trying to think of the best scene that I've ever written. Seems like he had something in mind. I think, I think it's probably. I think probably some of the emotional stuff in the movie is probably the best stuff I've written. And I would say during this movie, the fast food that I ate the most was Del Taco. So Mm -hmm. I would say probably eating a uh, Del Taco soft taco with um, just chicken, lettuce, and cheese and some Del Scorcho sauce. You hear that, everyone? That's what you got to eat to write write those good scenes. That's the secret sauce. Let's see. And that's actually a good uh, segue. You're talking about, you know, the scenes with um, with the family mm-hmm. uh, from at C Wong 1412. How is this movie similar to your family? Oh, yeah. Hugely. I mean, yeah. I should have <laughs> I should have said that. I skipped the whole part where I like pr- promote the movie. But I think if anyone is hearing this, they're going to like, talking about they're going to like know what the movie. But yeah, no, it's it's hugely based on my uh, family. My dad, the main character is this nature-loving man named Rick Mitchell, and my dad looks exactly like him. He's designed... I just gave Lindsay Olivares a picture of him, and she drew this, and I was like, this is perfect. And uh, the story I always tell about my dad that was deemed too insane for the movie... <laughs> oh, boy. Is, is And the movie is crazy. There's a giant screaming Furby in it. Um, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Is what one morning he woke me up at five in the morning. He's like, Mike, wake up. This is very indicative of this is why I made a movie about him. Um, he woke me up at five in the morning. He's like, Mike, wake up. We, 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 we got to build a bathtub in the, in the woods so we could legally be naked in nature. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, Jesus. what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I was like, it's five in the morning. It's a Saturday. You know, I'm 24. Why am I at home? This is like and a then, Rick and Morty setup. Yeah, right? no, totally. It really is. And then my mom, Morty. Yells, my mom yells in the next room. It's like, he saw it on a Viagra commercial. And then my dad's like, that's not important. That's not important. I, I It was a, a Seattle's commercial. But anyway, anyway, anyway. we're going to build this bathtub. It's going to be great. And the funny and everyone thought he was an idiot. And, uh, and he like drained my family's bank account to make this these outdoor bathtubs. But the funny thing about him is anyone who's ever seen the outdoor bathtub, I'm like, look at these dumb things. And they're like, Mike, these are incredible. This man is a, ge- <laughs> this man is a genius. <laughs> and it really was like in that moment, I understood that how me and my dad were the same, even though like we don't like any of the same stuff. Like he loves hunting and mm. I like cartoons, but like he's equally psychotically passionate about insane stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like he's psychotically passionate about building bathtubs in the woods and I'm psychotically passionate about making cartoons and like nothing no reason or logic can stop us when we have an idea in our head. Um so so it's it's very based on my family and it's it's also based on that realization that like that you know I sort of as a teenager uh, and uh, the Linda the mom is based on my mom and my aunt who are these like you know would do anything for their family. Katie's kind of based on me and kind of based on my sister and Aaron is sort of based on me and Jeff um, because we're obsessive little kids. Um, But yeah, basically it's sort of like I learned over the course of growing up and stuff that um, just sort of how, even though my dad sort of appeared like a goober sometimes to me as a teenager thinking I was really cool, he like did all this stuff for me, you know, and it's like, it just really made me think about and, and 
that sort of thing. And that was sort of like one of the inspirations for the whole movie. Hmm. Yeah. There's a scene uh, in the trailer, and I guess it's in the movie too, where, uh, is it um, Aaron? That's the, the song? Yeah. Uh, where he's like crossing out names in a phone book and like calling them. And yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. Isn't, isn't that something that you did, you said? Yes, that is. I, I used to call. Well, and, and it's sort of like Jeff was like this too, but but I was referencing that because I, I wrote that part. Uh, and it like went insanely viral on Twitter, which is insane. Yeah. It was just this weird moment in the trailer. Um, But uh, but I was just this like little dorky kid who would call the electronics boutique like 10 times a day. And I just wanted to talk to them about Dreamcast games. Uh. <laughs> and they'd be like, um, uh, you know, have you ever played Bengai O? And the guy's like, dude, I've got to work. Like, Man. I can't talk to you. Like, Bengai O, what a, a ref. What a, it's what a, a treasure game. It's like, um, kind of like a bullet hell shooter. And he's like, I, kid, I have to go. Man, <laughs> they, they loved you. Yeah, no, totally. I, I will say later in my life, they, w- they were like, anyway, whatever. Um, but yeah, and like we were a little, uh, I was a little obsessive kid, so it, 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 I relate to, I relate to Aaron. I just, I respect the reference to Bungai. Oh. <laughs> it's a fucking sick um, game, man. I haven't, heard, I haven't heard of that, that in, right. in a long time. It's, uh, it's tough, man. Uh, from at Squid sixty four R, what inspired the style of Mitchell's versus the Machines? I love how the style is very different from most computer anime. Yeah, films. I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, the great thing about it is that it. I used to read all these um, Pixar books and, and they would always have these grand unifying theories. And I kind of always thought that they were like reverse engineered BS. <laughs> I was like, they didn't mm. think about that. That's stupid. But I realized in making a movie, like you can't not have a grand unified theory because there's so many decisions to make in these movies. And like, if you don't have a theory, your movie's going to look fucking insane. So I uh, basically, yeah. our theory was like, one, I really loved Lindsay Olivares' drawings and the drawings of a lot of uh, the artists on the movie. But two, it was like the movie is about like imperfect people and we wanted the art to like reflect that. So we wanted it to look hand-drawn and, and like so you could see – and it's because it's about people versus robots. We wanted to like see the hand of a human in all of the human stuff. You know, um, and we also okay, wanted yeah. the the oh, characters okay, yeah. are full of flaws, and that's a big part of the movie. And we wanted to see those flaws, and we wanted to see that their houses looked like your cousin's house growing up. It didn't look like a model home that is in like you know uh, Nancy Myers movie or whatever. And like so, like so, basically, so that was like for the human side of things, we wanted to push things to be really handmade, ma- making it feel like it's an illustration. And then for the robot stuff on the other side of things, one of our artists, Arthur Fong, who is like a really brilliant uh, production designer in his own right, sort of his first week, it was funny, like he started the same week that a bunch of other artists started. And the other artists like did like 10 paintings a piece and they're like all amazing. Like the art game is like stacked in this movie. But Arthur just did a collage and he just like collaged like all of our human world stuff versus these like James Terrell installations. And we're like, this is it. And all the artists were like, fuck you, Arthur. <laughs> you just made a collage. <laughs> but we got so excited because it was like, oh, this could be the theory. It's like we have earth tones in our human world. And the in the robot world, it's like stark, bold colors and straight lines. And everything looks like 2001. Um, so those were like our two poles. And like with the cliche innovation observation pyramid, I wanted to push all the human stuff to be really absurd and i wanted to push the uh robot stuff to be really wild and gotcha uh from at dino lich what was the transition from tv to directing an original feature like 
fucking rough. <laughs> it was pretty rough stuff, I tell you what. Um, no, because um, the, the difference between making a three-minute short and making a TV show was exponential in how hard it was. Because I thought, I was like, oh, I could do a short. You know, I could do art. I did this short. But making a 22-minute TV show is so much harder than a short. And making a 90-minute movie is ten times harder than that. Like, it's it's so intense because you have to care as much. Like, the amount of more that you need to care about a, you know, movie than, like, a you know, a sitcom or a 22-minute episode is, like, exponential. So you just have to dig so much deeper. And it really, every scene needs to lead to the next. There can't be any fat on it. All got to, like, click into place or people are going to be bored. So, I mean, it was, it was, I will say the benefit of it is that I moved really fast. Um, Because I was used to the TV cadence, I was like, I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it again. Let's try it again. Let's, let's do this. You know, like, let's edit, let's edit the scene, try it again. Let's do this version. You know, so like some future people were like, dude, just chill out. But. But I, that did end up being a benefit, and I've also noticed, um, in my experience, oftentimes TV people are the fastest just because they're used to that crazy cadence. So they're they could bust out a scene in two days, whereas like a, somebody who's like more into feature is like used to taking a week or two weeks or whatever. So that part of it is a real benefit. But the 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 hard thing is writing was like writing it editing it, making it all work, making all the jokes land, you know, making all the emotional moments hit. Cause like we had a lot of ambition for the movie. And it was like, it was hard to, you know, I had this like whiteboard in my office. And is it, do you love the characters? You know, is the art style using animation in new and different ways? And then one of them is like, is it the greatest animated movie of all time? <laughs> um, so we were like going for that. And we we're, I was like, it's gotta have 50 laughs. It's gotta make the audience cry, blah, 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 blah. So, and we were trying to hit, you know, these crazy targets that I set. And, and you know, God bless the artists. We all did. Um, at least some of them. But, yeah, so long story short, very, very hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. From at Jocko Hoffmo, do you have any advice for what to do when a project is affected by a force largely out of your control? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is one thing that I learned making a movie, and it's another thing that Chris and Phil have been really good about sort of helping us out with like is like you really have to roll with everything you know um right phil would always be like just treat it like an improv assignment you know like look you get a note what is a creative way to fix it that makes the movie better even if the note right even if you hate the note (laughs) like at least try it because if you try a solution that's like this is my good faith attempt at fixing this and it doesn't work, then you could say, like, look, we tried it. Here's the evidence. This is better than this or whatever. So it's like, it's sort of when something is affected by forces, whether it's a studio or whether it's like COVID or whatever, it's like you just got to roll with it um, and be really flexible and really. And, and, and that's the other thing is like another sort of Chris and Phil thing that I learned is just like how fast those guys work, which I do think comes from a TV background, which is like they'd yep. give us 100 notes in a, an editing session. And then it was like, it was like, yeah, just try all the notes, try them. And then we had to learn that like, you could do that. And it's like, you don't end up doing like a amazing job, but you at least can try everything. And then you'll notice some things with like, this has a lot of potential. We should develop this further. Or like this idea was insane and should be burned, you know, or whatever. (laughs) Um, So it's like, 
but it, it it taught me a lot and it's sort of like now i feel like when i look at an animatic or something i have these like goggles on that where it's like oh everything can be better all day. Uh, like even to the last minute that was the thing that was like so insane about those guys is like <laughs> it's like phil was in our mix and he was like to the last day like coming up with new stuff and like always on offense he was never on defense it always like made me laugh because he was always like keep pushing <laughs> and and it was always like to the, you know it's like could there be another sound effect for this this might be funnier what if the what if the sound cuts out here and it was like so exhilarating to think that like oh the movie could still get better in the mix i was always just like in defense mode like don't ruin it <laughs> but um but he was you know sort of those guys both are keep keep making it better at the last minute yeah, I like the way you describe it. It just sounds like everyone's always like shirtless and screaming, and like, <laughs> and, and, like every, and, and like every step of the way, and no matter what, it's like storyboarding. Everyone's like, ah, add more gags. I mean, a little bit. Throwing <laughs> a little potatoes. bit. I mean, I, I, a lot of people say, uh, you know, try hard is some sort of um, insult, but I, I consider that a badge of honor. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, you think the mix is just like two guys like in a room, just like it's like dark, and it's like yeah, I think that's good, but no, in your in your scenario, it's just like <laughs> there are horns and it, the movie. It was chaotic. I will say it was chaotic in 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 a in a wonderful creative way, and also in ways where you're like that are like, are we gonna finish on time? <laughs> but you know, we always did. Yeah. Was um, what stage was the movie in when uh, COVID hit? It was great. I mean, it was we because we had just finished this huge push. It, it was it was funny because it was coming, and I and like one of our editors was like, "Hey, uh, no no big deal, but uh, this, it'd be cool if nobody came into my editing suite." And I was like, "This guy is crazy." Um, like what, Doug? <laughs> pull it together, buddy. Um, and then you know he was right. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. But it was it was basically like we were we were coming up to this big deadline and we're like look we just need to push these last three days because i think things are gonna get shut down so we pushed and thank god we got it all done and then you know and then we went home and we all we all got in our homes but the crazy thing was like yeah. animators were working three days later you know like like the the the, the company did a great job of getting their stuff and and yeah. at that point in the movie it wasn't like so important that we were all in the same room so it was it was like kind of a you know, it was it was surprising at how seamless it was. Yeah, animation really in general yeah, didn't totally. miss a beat, which is great. That's the that's the good thing about making yeah. things on a computer. <laughs> you don't need you don't need to be on a set. Is there what what kind of stuff do you have in mind for your for your future? Like what's what's next on your? Uh, oh yeah, hey, I got a uh, okay. Uh, Gene, you and me, we're gonna make uh, forty more climate shorts now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a job right now, so I'll do it. I mean, I am, I am, uh, I am trying to do some of that. You've been very active, yeah. You've been doing a lot of good. Yeah, I've, I'm trying, trying. Um, but um, but I'm, I'm actually really excited. I, I, I thought it's like having a baby. I think people, people have said it's like where you're like, while we were, you know, that we were all pregnant, pregnant with the movie. <laughs> I was like, never. Yeah. I will never. I'm gonna go into a cabin in the woods. I'm never gonna make anything ever again. But as you can tell by, you know, me, all my stories or talking to me, I'm, right. I'm loaded with insane energy at all times. And the second the movie was over, I was like, oh, what's next? So I, I'm really excited about a bunch of ideas for 
features. I've got this TV idea that I'm really psyched for um, that I think is like I'm not good enough to make yet. <laughs> like I need to. But the thing I'm excited about is like pushing forward because like all the animation people that I know who make the movie are like, get me out of animation. I want to do features. I was like, I never want to do live action. I only want to make li- uh, oh, animation yeah. until I die. But the and I'm super excited about the kind of what I was talking about before, like we did it a little bit in this movie, but like externalizing internal with like what Katie is mm. is feeling. You're seeing it on the screen. And I think there's so much opportunity with animation to use it expressively. And people have never done it before to show what's going on in someone's mind and, and sort of more deeply feeling things. Mm-hmm. And also having a horror, like if you had a great horror movie and you did an animation, it could be the scariest shit in the world. You know, like, like I would just love to do different genres and and do you know more adult stories. I would yeah. is something I'm really excited yeah. about and something that there's never been a better time in the history of the universe to do. Yeah, the fact that Sony has a whole slate of like adult it's, animated stuff is it's, like awesome. I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, I I'm so stoked. I hope I can. I hope I, I just want to get on one of these projects. Get on. Ah, oh, God, if somebody <laughs> will have me. Um, but uh. Yeah, I mean that's that's great. So you're you're kind of in the middle of figuring yeah. out I, I'm, what I, the next moves are. I've been bugging people who I've worked on the movie with, and they're like, "You're making another movie, huh?" <laughs> 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 I'm, like, I'm just developing something. It's no big deal. Um, uh, so I, I, I am like I'm like literally actively working with something. It's uh, working on something right now, and it's like a movie, and I'm really excited about it. And I'm excited to like, I I am really excited. The thing that I'm excited about is, is telling something with more adult themes and, and not even that's like adult, yeah. like, you know, drama from hell, you know, that it's like, it's sort of similar in tone to this movie, but you know, is like, I don't know, like, you know, like get out or something is like this awesome movie right. that, that is about something, but it's also like the most entertaining movie I saw that year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like yeah. I would love to. Yeah. Make- I think it's, there's a funny, like, Thing. people seem to think that movies can either be for kids yeah, or for adults totally. sometimes and I don't yeah. I don't get it cuz the the best stuff you know crosses that gap like it is entertaining to anybody like there's different layers yeah. to it no it's so. a, well and it's like and it's like also people think kids are fucking dummies who are just like <laughs> just yeah, just that, rolling that's... around in the mud and unless it's a <laughs> unless it's a like you know nonverbal uh uh yellow pill uh, the children won't respond to it, and it's like, no, man, kids yeah. are smart. You know, they 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 want to be engaged on all cylinders as well. And if anything, it makes them feel cool because, like, when I was a kid, I was like, I watch this and I'm cool, you know. Um, and it makes yeah. It makes yeah, them yeah. feel even if they can't tell what the joke is. Like if, in my case, I knew that happened a lot. Where it's like I couldn't tell what was what was uh adult about something but i'm like I yeah yeah totally. it's like, like you can just like, you can like you're like that's a sex <laughs> thing isn't it what is sex yeah it's like i don't get the spiru agnew but joke but tell. i'm interested in yeah. finding out what it's about yeah yeah the spiru. i don't get this but it seems cool and smart well great uh is there anything else you want to mention while you're here anything you want to plug besides the movie actually you know what plug the movie whatever Why yeah yeah hey man mitzels versus machines uh, it's already out on Netflix. If you're listening to this, I'm talking all devices. I'm talking tell your friends, yeah. loved ones, yeah. everyone. Yeah, watch it 12 times. I assumed everyone's going to watch it, but yeah, you're here to plug. Plug away. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really it's it, I'm really proud of it. Uh, the artists who worked on it did this incredible job, and I could uh, I'm incredibly grateful to all of them. If I was a sculptor, I would just spend the next uh, three years carving a giant statue of all of them. They're the best. I look forward to watching. I mean, never mind. Uh, it, it was great. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we recorded this the day that it came out. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was a delight, you guys. And I've been consistently charmed by these wonderful drawings. And I'm so glad oh, yeah. I didn't have to draw. <laughs> I, 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 ran out of, I ran out of steam pretty quickly. I was just, I was just enthralled by the conversation. <laughs> As it tends to happen. V, however, goes on these insane tangents. I'm loving it. This is like, of just whole, like, like this red haired girl became the, you know, the star <laughs> of the show. This is like a full animation cycle. She's like fully doing a flip. You got A's. Yeah. Right. yeah There's the whole thing. I was just drawing fat cats. Um, <laughs> This is for whoever listening to the audio podcast. Check out our podcast on on YouTube. Yeah, there's some really cool drawings. There's some L- Lammy dance drawings. There's <laughs> Michelin yeah. Man characters of the movie. Me fighting we robots. Some... <laughs> yeah, we had some good drawing prompts. <laughs> uh, well, that's the end of this creative block. Thanks to Mike for being our guest and sharing his story. And thanks to your listeners. Follow us on Twitter. It's at Creative Block, Creative without the vowels, where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask your guests. Huge thanks to my sister Clemens for editing the podcast. Please subscribe to the channel if you love our content. I've been your host, Gene. And that was V. Keep being creative, and we'll see you next week. Go watch Mitchell's vs. Machines. It's on Netflix. (gasps) Do it! Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.